Is that what the one too that I can't remember? One of the ones we went to had like an like a ghost. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's apparently quite haunted. Yeah, did that's you, what they were did, saying. Did you experience any ghosts? I I didn't. I can't remember if it was that one or the Picton one. One of the theaters we went to that somebody had told me there was a ghost. I like kid you not that like there I I was standing outside of this door and I'm not even like a big like. I don't know. I'm not like a big superstitious person or anything like that. The door like just shut. Like I was standing away from it and it just shut by itself. Hard crap. And so I'm like praying that it was like, I don't know, a draft or something maybe, but it just, it just shut. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's a bit weird. Let's go up to the next venue. Let's get out of here. Welcome back to another episode of On the Porch with Front Porch Music with me, Logan. I'm Jenna. And put your phone down, Jenna. <laughs> We're recording. This week we talked to uh, country artist Haley Benedict. You can't, can't keep that in there. Yes, we will. We chatted with Haley Benedict. You can't start we talked, over! Nope. We talked about <laughs> we talked about Top of the Country being part of that program. We talked about uh, a lot of books. We didn't talk about a lot of books. We talked about one book. One book. Daisy Jones and the Six. If you haven't watched and, or read the book, there's no spoilers, but we did talk about it for a little bit. We talked about being on tour for the first time with Erin Goodwin. She actually put together a little survival guide on the go of what you need to know before you go on your first tour. Mm -hmm. We talked about Taylor Swift. We did talk a lot about Taylor Swift, about being a Swifty versus yep. not being a Swifty. Um, and the trifecta of uh, teen pop. Yes! Taylor Swift, Hannah Montana, Justin, Justin Bieber. The full trifecta. If you have anybody to add... Well, then it wouldn't be a trifecta. Don't. <laughs> so here's our chat with Haley Benedict. So we're here with Haley Benedict. Hey, Haley. Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you both doing? Good, good. Top shelf. Well, Jenna's not top shelf today <laughs> after last night, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for joining us on the porch. We haven't had you on the porch uh, podcast yet, so welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so stoked to to do this with both of you today and, and have, have a good little morning, Saturday morning chat. Hooray. I got <laughs> my... had to get you out of bed for this. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No weekend sleeping. <laughs> no, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Well, let's get right into it. Um, why don't you introduce yourselves to us a little bit? I mean, we know you fairly well. Uh, Jenna and you know each other better than you and I do. Um, but why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, about where you're from, how you got into music, um, all the things. The usual suspects. Yeah. Yeah, the usual things. Yeah. Um, so my name's Haley, and uh, I, I kind of got into music. Um, like, no one in my family was musical, so it was very random that I got into it the way that I did. I just – I was a music lover always, so um, I listened to music all the time. Taylor Swift was like – my icon and I watched Hannah Montana and all that. And so, um, I just, I got really inspired by them and I wanted to start, you know, singing and writing my own songs. And so one year for Christmas, I got a Hannah Montana guitar cool. and then like a little like voice recorder that I would bring with me to school. And I'd like sing. Cause I was always just like making up ideas all the time. And so I would just bring it, I'd bring it to school and I'd sing in my little <laughs> voice recorder and uh and then yeah i just kind of like fell into it and started writing more and performing more and 
over the years, you know, got to do some pretty cool stuff and the music, I just like, I can't shake it out of me. I mean, I've done really nothing else since I was six till now. And I don't know, I, I can't ever see me doing anything else. It's kind of scary to think what it would be like if I, if I had to do something other than music, because that's been like my entire life. I bet. So, how, yeah. how old would you have been when you got that Hannah Montana guitar? I think I was six, but or six or seven, but I didn't start really like playing it. Like I didn't start taking lessons until I was like nine or 10. Mm. Um, yeah. So I just kind of had it around and my grandpa like played guitar by ear. So he would kind of show me a little bit of the basics. Um, and then I did like some summer camp lessons and got to put that Hannah, Hannah Montana guitar to good use. You so. get the best of both worlds. Oh, yes. Oh, I had that playing all the time. I also had the little CD things you could walk around with and a little iPod Nano. And I was 24-7. My sister and I were very obsessed. <laughs> it makes me feel good that, that Discmans were around in your time. It doesn't make me, oh, yeah. it doesn't make me feel yeah. so old. Barely. <laughs> See, I didn't know what it was called, but I was like, those CD things that you, <laughs> that you bring with you? Yeah, it was around. That was that was my my jam, that and then the Taylor Swift record and Justin Bieber. I also had Justin Bieber on there. Oh, well, yeah. That's yeah. like the, what, the trifecta of of teen pop from like back then, like Taylor Swift, yeah. Hannah Montana, and Bieber. <laughs> yeah, they raised me. <laughs> That's really cute. That is adorable. Um, so honest, like you were saying, like, you don't know what you'd be doing if you hadn't, like, if you weren't, like, you don't know what your life would look like without music. You actually, yeah. that was like always a plan. Like you did apply to go to school at one point and you were like headed to music school, right? Yeah. I, right before COVID, um, I had applied to Belmont in Nashville and then I also applied to, uh, Berkeley school of music in Boston. Um, and I, you know, looking back on it now, I feel like I might have, I think I, I felt like I needed to go to school for music or like I just needed to go to school in general after graduating because all my friends were going to school and that's what you're supposed um, to do, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And I, I don't know. I felt like somewhat not responsible for not going to school or at least like trying to apply. And so I'd got in to both, um, uh, but then the pandemic happened and everything shut down. And at the time, you know, I was, I was really upset. And um, but I, you know, I think that was really a special time for me because it, it forced me to do things other than music, which was really strange for me for the first time. And also, like, really think about, like, is school what I want to do? And I like I would love to go to those schools as well. But then I was like, you know, they're they're not cheap <laughs> either. And so I got scholarships to both, but even then like, um, yeah, they're just so expensive. And I'm like, am I even going to be able to, you know, going to school would be awesome and going to those schools would be amazing. But then what money am I going to have to fund my own projects and the music that I want to release right now? Um, so in a way I feel like it kind of happened all for a reason. Um, because I was, you know, able to really focus on my career and, and really think about like, is school the right thing? And, and school, I think is like, it's not ever going away, you know, like if that feels right to me in another five years, then it's, it's going to be there and that can be an option for me. But I feel like I'm at this place right now where like, I have this opportunity to give my music career a hundred percent. And I've always kind of, um, I've done music all my life, but I've always had to have school, um, you know, and, and trying to balance school music. So now I have like 100% of my time dedicated to music, which 
um, is pretty cool and, and a special opportunity. So I'm trying to take advantage of that right now. But Well, and like, yeah. education is super important, but there's no better edu- education than, especially in this industry, uh, than just getting, like being in it. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah, that's the thing too that I like. Yeah, the and music, there's so many different way, like avenues that you can kind of go down it's like it's not like you're going you know if you're going to go be a dentist and obviously <laughs> you got to go yeah. to school you yeah. can't just like oh i'm gonna practice on so-and-so's teeth today <laughs> um, <laughs> and that would not be very good no. but yeah music's interesting that way is there's so many different ways to go about it and some people you know go the school route and and some people don't um but that's just kind of fun is it's like it builds your own your own path and and being at the shows and everything that's that's experience you know right there and you're in the moment and learning from all that and and I think also like looking at lot at it you know when you're doing these shows and things at a perspective of learning um is also like important too because it is kind of your schooling in a way and just being like a sponge Mm. I guess yeah while we're on the topic of learning we might as well get to you were on the Aaron Goodman tour the it's the ride tour and yeah we got to meet up when you were in the Toronto area and we were talking about some of the things that you've learned that you would have never known before you hit the road and have you come up with your like survival guide to sur- like getting through your first tour and being on the road? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's okay. So the survival guide for tour. <laughs> yes. I learned honestly, like, yeah, when it, when, yeah, I feel like that was like a semester of, <laughs> of school in itself because you know, yeah, you don't really know something also until you're thrown into it and so i feel like it's one of those things you could try to prepare for um but once you're in the situation like that's when you actually really learn and so yeah i definitely one thing i learned is like just like expect the unexpected that's like you know you never know what's gonna happen um the other thing is do not trust late night pizza after the show um make sure you have like your bathroom situation planned out because I didn't know you can't go number two on most buses which that was like a huge shock to me that I didn't know before um you know unless you're like Shania Twain and you can have your own private jet or something no she doesn't she doesn't go number two Yeah, she probably doesn't. I, I actually believe that like any giant celebrity that they just don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're just super. Good. One and a half, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was like a huge thing. Um, just uh, the other thing that I think like I didn't realize is just like the rhythm that you start to like, kind of all the days start to meld into one another, mm-hmm. and so it's very interesting because you you know you get up you you go get some food you sound check and then you get ready for the show and then you know you maybe do some ingredients and then you get unready and then you sleep on the bus and then it's just like the same thing every day um so that was like really interesting to me um and then also just like getting to meet everybody is like really special and and going to you know see all the different um, you have to like, that'd be another thing of the survival guide, like go sightsee where you can. Cause that was like some of my favorite memories from the tour is like, you know, going to check out the fun little local spots or little restaurants. And, um, I just love that. Like, I love to like explore and have a little bit of adventure. So, um, that was a must aside from like, you know, performing and getting to meet everybody. Yeah. When you're on tour, the, the tour came right into my small town. Like I live in, in Aurelia. 
really? I was so oh mad that I couldn't make it to the show because I was out of town for that, like, a few oh. days. I was like, there's never shows that come here. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people were, I think we're saying in that one, too. They, they, A lot of people were like, we're so grateful that we have music here because it's not very often that they get shows. And it's a cool so. venue, the Aurelia Opera House. Oh my gosh, it was it was beautiful, and it made me like I'm a huge Phantom of the Opera mm. fan. So I like was like I'm living out my little Phantom of the Opera <laughs> dreams. It was like it was it was beautiful. It was built like before Canada was even a thing, I think. Wow. It's old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. What's um one thing you didn't know you needed to bring on tour that you're glad you brought or you had to get? So. Okay, yeah, I'd say, so one thing, I brought a heated blanket, and that came in clutch. I, I used that while I was in my bunk, because the bunks have plug-ins, so I'd plug in, because, well, sometimes it can either get really hot in the bunks, or it's, like, really cold, mm. and I'm I'm usually always really cold, so I brought that, and then the other thing that I ended up getting for the f- second leg, the first leg, I got earplugs, the earplugs didn't do very much, um, and it's not even like other band members snoring or anything like that. It's just like the noises of the bus itself are like really loud. Um, and so the second half, actually, my mom uh, surprised me with some AirPods as like an early birthday present because she knew I was having a bit hard of a time sleeping. And so, uh, yeah, I got I had the AirPods for the second half and like I would just put on like sleep music when I'd go to bed. And that helped a lot. And like I felt like I could like get a full night's sleep because it's not the movement it's just sometimes like the rickety Mm. sounds of the bus you know or like the generator sometimes going can be a little bit loud um so yeah that definitely came in handy how nice was it to sleep in your own bed the first night home oh my gosh it was so nice I mean I love the bunk too because it's kind of like it's like a little like cubby fort like (laughs) it's kind of fun um but it's just like nice to be able to like spread out I don't even know like how like someone like I'm 5'5 so I'm not you know I'm like average height but some of the guys like one of Aaron's sound guys I don't know how tall he is but he's like for sure over like he's got to be over like 6'2 six 6'3 six he's he's like so tall and he was saying like he was like in the bunk like pretzel eyes like basically like he was just a giant so for me it wasn't as bad but for I can't imagine like how he he must have like when he went back to his own bed I bet he was like this is the best yeah. night of my life mine was very nice though too I, I won't lie there's nothing like being in your own that bed and then also my doggy yeah she came and slept with me and apparently my dog was like while I was gone would run to my room every morning and like cry <laughs> in my room and I was like I feel so awful Dogs are the yeah. best. That just means you have to take her with you next time. Oh my gosh. I see, I would love to, but also she can be sometimes she's great with people, but like if she sees another dog, she's a little menace. And she thinks like she thinks she's the size of a German shepherd. She's like oh, right. she's tiny. She's a Morky, so she's like tiny, but she thinks she's like this gigantic dog. So I don't know if she'd be like and she also gets a lot of anxiety like being by herself, so I don't know if she'd handle that, but I would love to bring her if I if I could. There's no room in the bunk for both of you. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's so funny. So um, you got to do tour with Aaron. Do you have anything coming up? Like, what are you excited for this year that you're kind of allowed to talk, chat about that you're 
yeah um recording new music so I, i'm really excited about that and uh being part of this top of the country yeah, uh, top of the country yeah i'm i'm super stoked about that and so many wonderful artists part of that and and what's cool about that competition is just being part of the top eight gives you the opportunity to you know record a song and and a video um so that's huge and i'm really stoked for that um and then i'm also going down to nashville for a few weeks and i'm very excited for that i'm doing some writing but then i'm also kind of indulging because it's i'm gonna go see taylor swift <gasps> oh yeah are you yeah gonna die yeah oh i don't think i will survive i <laughs> i think yeah i i'm so excited i got me and my sister are gonna go together and then it's also like my 21st birthday a few days after that and i didn't really get to do my 18th birthday because of covid so i feel like it's gonna be like a makeup oh that'll be so 18th. fun yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And May in Nashville is like, Peak weather. it's just so beautiful. The weather is like perfect. So I'm, I'm very, very excited. And then I know me and my sister are like having to plan like, because for the Taylor Swift concerts, they got the, the outfits, right? You have to plan like, so now we're like trying to decide like what era do we want to dress up at? All that. So yeah, so I'm partly down there for work, but also partly down there just to enjoy. To have Has your sister been to Nashville with you before? She has. Yeah, we went down actually right before the pandemic when I was auditioning for the schools. Um, we like went as a family. And like sometimes I think that she's like a bigger country music fan than I am. Like <laughs> she's obsessed. She and so I was like, Kenna, like you gotta, you know, you gotta come down to Nashville. Like I was just thinking like before we went on that trip, I was like, we gotta make sure Kenna cups down because like I just knew that she would love it. And yeah, she did. She So she's very excited to come back now with me and like now I feel like because I this will be like my sixth time down there I think now fifth or sixth um and so now I know of like all the like little local fun restaurants or spots so I can't wait to take or like little shopping places so I can't wait to show her to that because the last time we did more of like the touristy kind of yeah. things yeah so now I know like all the little places so I'm excited to take her to that and um, yeah, she just, she loves that kind of stuff. And I mean, Nashville's such like an infectious environment. You just want to be out all day and checking stuff out. So I'm going next week. You're going next week? Mm -hmm. Oh, how long? Just for seven days. And she's already crying. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Do you have any shows like planned that you're... Well, my friend that I'm staying with, she has two shows that she's playing. So I'm going to go. Ooh. And I'm staying with her. So I obviously have. I have to go nice. that that's kind of how yeah. we planned it i think you it. mean you want to go see her i do well yeah we planned like we planned it around like okay when can i see you play at least so she'll be yeah. in the listening room so i'm excited <gasps> oh my gosh that's amazing yes and then we'll see i'm also gonna work down there so and it won't be so hot last time i went i was i remember we were hot every single day it was in june the end of june it was just oh low, yeah the heat wave that was like everywhere it was so mm -hmm. hot down there. The locals were like, "This isn't normal. This is this really isn't normal." We were like, "Yeah." In this <laughs> but hot in Nashville is still Nashville. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The summer gets like unbearably hot. Like I remember, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, but it was like forty degrees when I went down last July, mm -hmm. and like forty degrees or higher. And I'm like, oh my. I mean, I also I got COVID down there, went so I couldn't. Oh, no. anywhere last year when I went yeah I was kind of uh, a little bit of a fail trip but <laughs> um 
so I wasn't outside, but I was like, oh man, like, yeah. I, when it gets, when it hits a certain point like that, it's like, it's kind of, you can't even really go outside, you know, it's like, it's way too hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned this almost every episode, but I've never been to Nashville yet. Logan, what you doing? I hate myself because oh, of it. Why don't, why don't you take along with Jenna? Well, because she makes trips and then doesn't tell me. And she's like, by the way, I'm leaving. Come with me. I'm like, well, it's a little last minute now. Oh, well, maybe like, I don't know. Maybe there's like a, a flare, you know, flight you can find. Perhaps. Perhaps. That's how I'm getting gathered. I was supposed to go uh, March of 2020. Oh. And then, like, <laughs> that got canceled for some reason. <laughs> for some reason. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> so now I just haven't rescheduled. But I gotta. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you need to. There's so much fun stuff down there. There's also just, like, there's there's so many parts to Nashville that I think there's, like, something for everybody. Mm-hmm. That is so true. My grandmother asked. I booked my trip sitting beside her, and she's like, I want to come. And I was like, <laughs> not this time maybe yeah maybe we can go down in the summertime and have a long weekend trip and she'll want to go on those like bus tours or something yeah like I that's not what I'm I'm not going down there for that right now and she's like it's yeah. fine I'll come I'll just come down and not tell you and I was like awesome okay. awesome can I, yeah, on <laughs> oh my god grandma's on Broadway <laughs> she is a wild woman she is so much fun she'd have the best time Get her on one of those electric scooters. Imagine grandma's on the scooter. Oh my gosh, yes. I can see it. I actually can too. She threatened to come to Alberta to the CCMAs because she wasn't invited. And I was like, you would not want to be here for that long. Because I went out way before the CCMAs. I was like, you wouldn't want to yeah. come out. You, she, She's like, I want to come. And I was like, you know what? They're in Hamilton this year. I might get her down for yeah. like the day or something. That would be so nice. So she can experience why she doesn't want to be around. <laughs> She'll see why she doesn't want to be there. She should, she should like do like the media row with you guys and she should like <laughs> like interview artists that would that be means I don't have to do it <laughs> Evelyn oh my god Evelyn on media row and just sitting sitting in a rocking chair yes yeah she I think it needs to happen. would have the best time honestly she's so funny <laughs> she's so funny oh my god that's so cute. I'd probably embarrass her. Like, she's cooler than me for sure. Oh, yeah. That's that's my grandma, too. She's very – or we call her granny. But, yeah, she's very – yeah. she's She's got, like, just an amazing personality. And, like, and they're just quick. Yeah. It's like – yeah. It's like this thing – it ages like fine wine. Like, their personalities and their, like, just mm-hmm. wits. Oh, my God. I know. It's amazing. Grandma, you're not, you're not coming. If you're listening, you're not actually coming. <laughs> no way. No, she should. I showed her yeah. I showed her how to listen to the podcast and she did it twice and then was like this is too hard I'm not doing that and I was like <laughs> I don't want to listen to you talking the whole time I'm like that's the whole point <laughs> that's what a podcast is grandma grandma we need the streams <laughs> I have a video of her going don't fucking ask me I don't know what that is what's a podcast I don't know <laughs> oh. That's too good. Didn't one of your TikToks or something, was it of your grandma that like went viral? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I had to make it private, the TikTok. I'm like, really? my, I'm so popular. I had to put it private. Oh my God. Yeah. No, listen, as when you don't want, when you don't have a 
purpose behind going viral and it's just like it actually becomes inconvenient my phone i had my notifications mm. turned off but i could feel my phone being hot <laughs> and then i'd go to like oh, try and watch yeah. tiktoks and there would be so many updates like i would get so many notifications i was like i can't do this this is the most unrelatable yeah. topic i went so viral it was so it, it was so inconvenient. <laughs> it was insane and it made it quite far across the world too so it was just when yeah. it got somewhere new, it would like spark. I I made the video private. How many people have watched it now? Three point three million. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! So I made it private, and then I thought like the buzz would go away, so that I could leave it. I will. I made it unprivate. Nothing happened, and then one day, one one random day, weeks later, it had like two hundred thousand new views over one night, and I'm like, where the f- did this come from? So I, I had to make it private again. I couldn't. It's so nuts. That's crazy. It is. TikTok is a wild world. It's a wild, wild world. Yeah. It really is. You have some good. You have a whole like following on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've lucked out and I, um, you know, there's like a great, there's a great community there. And I know there's a lot of talk with stuff right now about, you know, it possibly going away. And if, if it does, like, it honestly just makes me more sad than anything because, I feel like that platform has been a place where it's been like a safe place for me to experiment and try things I normally wouldn't. And like when I started on TikTok, it kind of just started as I didn't tell anyone I had it. And so I just was like, I'll just post whatever I want because no one's following me. No one knows I'm on here. Um, And so I just like experimented with a lot of different stuff and that's what just made it so fun. And I still feel like that, like, the community on there is very supportive and oh my god you have a lot of views on these videos yeah yeah of the hannah montana guitar oh yes i featured it we're gonna we're gonna reshare that when we share this episode oh please do yes i yeah it's gone now because my mom sold it on facebook marketplace let's go it's i have it memorialized on on a picture um but yeah, I yeah, I really I really love the platform and yeah, most of my audience isn't even from Canada. I think like sixty percent of my audience is all from the United States. So like just like introduced me to a whole mm-hmm. new market. And like same thing, like you never know where a video is gonna land take off or land. And like yeah, I've had people like I've had one video that did like really well in Germany for whatever <laughs> reason. And people are tagging Germany creators and like I had to translate all the comments because I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what they were saying. I was like, hopefully it's doing good. Like, hopefully it's like nice, you know, um, but that's what's so cool about it. no other platform I've, you know, been able to get that reach or even I go on live quite a bit on there too. And my favorite thing is like asking people where they're tuning in from. Cause they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to bed right now. Even though I'm doing the live at like nine in the morning, they're going to bed somewhere on the other side of the world. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool platform and I really hope that it stays or that there's, you know, mm-hmm. maybe something equivalent to it. But uh, yeah. Do you like the comment section? Like, how does the comment section affect you? Because like, social media can be a yeah. real great tool, but it, it can also be a yeah. mental health disaster. Um, yeah. Especially in the comment section. And, and when you do have such high views on things, like there's a lot of people who just want to... Be assholes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Because I find you get like, 90 percent you know 95 percent great comments and then there's always going to be those few trolls that you know have something to say and for whatever reason those people 
take up more real estate in my mind quite mm-hmm. a bit. And those comments will stick with me more than the people telling me that, oh, we really enjoyed this. Um, and so, yeah, there's been like, for me, I've kind of like had to detach myself from that a little bit or like kind of like, yeah, take take what they said and almost like put it put it in a box and be like, hey, that is their that's their issues and whatever they're sorting out. And for whatever reason, they're taking it out on me. And um, my other thing, like I, I like to do is respond to them and not, not in a, like a, a mean way or anything like that, but in a, in a really kind and, you know, I just believe you just support, you just spread kindness wherever you can. And a lot of the times I find that when people comment mean things or, you know, things that aren't nice, they, they don't realize that you're going to actually see it. And a lot of the times they don't think people read it, but you know, I found a lot of times when I respond to people, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I never thought you would actually see this. Like I was just like bored. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, see, like, and I'm like, no, but like it does affect people and people do read it and they do see it. Um, but it, it can be really challenging and it's like, um, I, it's sometimes it's prevented me from like making content mm. too, because I'm like, Oh, I'm worried what people say or like, I love playing electric guitar. Um, but for whatever reason you get a girl playing electric guitar and some people really have some strong opinions about you're playing all of a sudden. And, um, that's when it, for me right now, I was like, I'm not like by any means, like the world's best guitar player, anything like that. But I've always just liked to just share my progress and my journey with it. And it's not perfect, but um, I just like sharing that on TikTok. And sometimes when I'll get a comment or whatever that says something, I'm like, oh, like, I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't share this now because it's not, it's not perfect. Or like, oh, like I haven't mastered it yet. So why should I share it? And all these people, like I'm worried. But then I was like, you know what? No, like, you know, we, no one no one is perfect and we all have to start somewhere and majority of my followers and people enjoy it and so um now i've kind of used it as fuel for me to like get better and um yeah and I just what are those trolls doing with their lives so just get out of here i know and that's the, the craziest part is like sometimes like i had one guitar video that i posted and i missed like one note in the riff and this guy had said something something about girls shouldn't be playing guitar and you missing out and blah 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 and um but the crazy part to me was you i tapped on his account and he was a guitar teacher and i was like what a dick. you're cutting down the very students that you would be teaching like um so it's just yeah it's interesting but i just don't think people realize the impacts of your comments and like words matter and that's why i think it's so important to just be kind and like, I'm always up for someone saying, hey, I think you missed a note, but keep going. Like, you know, positive encouragement. And I just think like, yeah, for the internet, as the, you know, creator, you kind of have to separate things, but also just as a viewer and commenter, we all have to like do our part to just be kind. Just be nice to each other. Yeah, I feel like that is a hard thing to do. Be nice to people, Jenna. (laughs) Jenna's very nice. Um, did I, did the Thunderstruck challenge start because that was you getting better at electric guitar? Did that come from somewhere else? Yeah, it started because it was, it started as like a personal goal because I was like, let's take a step back. What's the Thunderstruck challenge? 
Oh, yes. So I so I basically did this challenge where I played Thunderstruck, like the main opening riff, mm-hmm. um, faster and faster every day. Um, and so I kind of learned, I'd learned how to play Thunderstruck, like basics. Like I, I hadn't had, had it like mastered yet, I guess. So the challenge was two parts. One, to kind of like keep people following along and have something that they could follow along to. But two, it like forced me to, to practice because <laughs> I was like, I, I got to get to the next BPM. Like all these people are like waiting. Um, so it kind of was like a little bit of both. Like I had it, I kind of had it ready, but then the I hadn't had it like perfected yet. And so I think that challenge like really helped me because then after that challenge, I started putting it in my live show um, where I did like a rock mashup. Um, and so, yeah, and I don't think if I had done that challenge, I wouldn't have been as confident because I wouldn't have practiced it as much as I, I did. Like sometimes I'll practice a song and then I'll just leave it and then it kind of goes to the wayside. But yeah, it kind of forced me to get really good at it, which was cool. So that's definitely a positive that came out of that. How does being a major Swifty <laughs> like overlap with wanting to be like really good at playing electric guitar? Because I feel like her music is not as um, guitar heavy. <laughs> Yeah, I think the thing, what I love about Taylor is she's like has this way to connect with her fans and she does things that are like out of the box and a little bit like unexpected. And um, for her, I think like her biggest strength is like her songwriting and how her songs connect to people. And, um, you know, she's really honed in on the fact that that that's kind of what's made her, I mean, there's multiple things that made her, you know, huge throughout the years, but that's been kind of her core, what's made her special as an artist. And I think every artist kind of has some, you have to have something that kind of stands out. So I think for me, kind of trying to hone in on the electric guitar um, is kind of like that thing to kind of separate mm-hmm. me or make me a little bit different. Um, like Taylor kind of has her songwriting, but uh, yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting question. I, I, like I just thought about the top of my head. I was like, what do Taylor Swift and electric guitar have in common for you? Because that's so funny. Yeah, I know. Yeah, more, and it's, more than one kind of music. It's just the two <laughs> things that come to mind when I first think Haley B. I'm like, major Swifty and really effing good at electric guitar. So, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. They're they're kind of two separate things, but I mean Taylor's got a little bit of like a rocky kind of sound to her too. She's, I mean, there's one the 1989 version of I Knew You Were Trouble. She plays like an electric. I mean, she doesn't like she doesn't uh, solo or anything, but it's like they kind of did like a rock arrangement of it. Um, yeah, highly recommend if you haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, it's really good. Yeah. Um. So she did. We spent a, a lot of time talking for our Women Country Spotlight about how much she loves Taylor Swift and how much I think Taylor Swift is like, like I she's good, but I just don't like. I'm not a Swifty at all. <laughs> I wasn't a Swifty really at all. I mean, I'm not really her target demographic, but yeah. I would. You don't have to agree so quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we get it. I'm old. Um, <laughs> no, I wasn't really like like a like a total Swifty. I really respect her her songwriting. Um, but I, I went to go see her perform when, um, I forget what tour it was, um, when I, back when I was in radio in Ottawa and, uh, I was like, oh, I get it. I'm now a fan. Like she puts on one hell of a show. Oh yeah. That's like her live show is, is, 
I think one of the best I've, I've ever yeah. seen. And, if, and I'm not, I'm take the Swifty out of me, but I, I genuinely believe that. And I also think she has like enough music by now that there's gotta be like, there's gotta I be at least one song. Yeah. There is something for everyone. Like I'm like, I, you know, people that say they like, don't like, they completely don't like her and they don't like any of her music. I'm like, if you know, there's gotta be one. Yeah. Cause at this point she's had so many hits and so many different things. And at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't think you have to listen and like to all her music, but I think no, I'm now a full Swifty after seeing her live. How old was everybody when Teardrops on My Guitar came out? I, this is not a fun game for me. <laughs> it Why do you hate me? It came out in 2006. I was in the sixth grade, so I was 12. I was four. <laughs> Logan, how old were you? Wait, wait, what? What year did it come out? 2006. We're also going to be judging me for from my math skills now. 88, 2000. I was 18. Okay. Cool. 18, awesome. 12, 4. 4. I remember sitting... Well, this has been a great conversation, <laughs> Haley. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Awesome! I, did, I remember when I first heard that song, my dad was the one who, like, if it wasn't what was on the radio and I was learning about new music, it was my dad who was downloading it from LimeWire for me. Yeah. And... He would put stuff, whatever he downloaded, he would just put it onto my wee little pink MP3 player and I'd listen to. And I'm just like listening to this song. I'm like, how is this girl who's like, how old was she at the time? Like 16. I was like, how is she singing about something so sad? And then I watched a music video. I'm like, oh, that's so, that's so relatable and sad. It's cool. So <laughs> yeah. Every, every teenage girl at that moment, like she, she captured every. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I. So I've actually. I've been a fan. I just, I'm yeah. just not like. See, oh my god. Taylor Swift every day. That's. You know what? That's. That's fine. That's. <laughs> I'm. This is acceptable. Okay. Fair. <laughs> fine. 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 Um. Okay. So you are. You mentioned earlier you're working on recording new music this year. What are you excited about for your new music? Versus you have about what five, four or five songs out previous. Yeah. I think yeah some, something like that. that um yeah yeah it's so I mean the stuff previous it's kind of cool because I mean I've, I've been releasing music since I was 12 so I kind of have a lot of different uh I feel like yeah throughout the years kind of been able to follow what I've done and um wanted you to was like my last one and I and I love wanted you to um just because it was like super upbeat and poppy and and fun um, this new music, though, I feel like there's a lot more depth to it and um, some stuff that I've been working on that's, like, really exciting for me as a songwriter as well. Um, I've, you know, especially over the pandemic, I've written more than I probably ever have in my in my life and um, been able to work with some really cool collaborators and people have just been way more open, I find, to writing now over Zoom um, after the pandemic, which is kind of something beautiful that came out of that. So I'm really excited for kind of just like this, getting to kind of show more of me as a songwriter as well. And, and some stuff that's like, yeah, got a little bit of some, some grit to it, I guess. Yeah. I love that. That's exciting. We've heard some of it live. If you were at the, on the Aaron Goodwin tour, you played some of your new music. So it's super exciting. Do you have a favorite? Does one like stand out that you're excited to record like more or most? There is one... Well, there's like two that I 
um, that I have demoed that like I love. Um, and so for those ones, I want to make sure like they have the best chance possible. So they're kind of like sitting. Um, but like my, I think my mom and sister also love those ones a lot too. And they play them in the car, but like, I like have it like fully like fleshed out of like what my music video would look like and what, you know, how I would arrange it live and everything. Um, and one of them I played on the tour, the other one, no one's really heard before. So, yeah, so it's exciting. Exciting (laughs) Exciting to like get a new chapter of music out too and have something to share with everybody again, right? Because One of You Two came out in 2021, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's been a been a minute. I know, and that's like, I because this year I think has just been like, you know, prepping and and. Um, I didn't want to rush into anything either um, after wanted you to and and so it's yeah it's been a lot a big year of growth and everything but I I've been itching to put out new music and, and I love that's my favorite thing is, is sharing you know something that you know, probably started out pretty personal for me um, and then with other people and hearing how they can relate to that um, I just think there's just something really special and about people kind of coming together through music. So I'm excited to, to put stuff out and it's been a long time coming, so. <laughs> yes. Last year uh, at the CCMAs, you won your very first CCMA for Interactive Artist of the Year. Yeah. That is <laughs> so cool. So cool. It was so cool to, to be there and, and like experience it live as well. Um, do you remember that moment before you like waiting to see, to hear your name or did you black out? Yeah. Well, I, a, I blacked out a little bit. Like it's still so crazy to me. Um, Cause I mean, I was in that category with like a bunch of people that I looked up to and I'm like genuinely like huge fans of, like I will go watch their shows and everything. And I listen to their music. So I also was not, expecting it at all I was just very excited just to be nominated it, I this was the first time I've even been nominated so I you know I was just happy to be there and I the only thing I remember was I was wearing these really painful heels that night and so I kind of like like loosened one of my heels and like untied the strap or whatever underneath the table because my feet were hurting so bad and then I was like, oh, my category is coming up. Like, oh, I, I should put my shoe on. <laughs> and so good thing I did. But like, I, when they said my name, like, I was just like, what the heck? And it, it was, yeah, it just kind of was like, Phew. and it was really cool. Cause um, Dallas Smith was the one who presented it to me. And I'm a huge fan of Dallas and, and everything, you know, he's done. And that felt like a full circle moment because I think I, first kind of got to know him a little bit um when I was like 14 for the Keith Urban concert he was opening for Keith when I was 14 so it's just kind of like this full circle moment and uh I just remember like I just had no words after and I was just a mess and I tried to call my mom and I was like mom (laughs) because they were there at the gala and she's like what um yeah so it was just like a crazy what a special moment and yeah that's like something I will treasure forever. It was, it was so, so cool and what an honor. Were you like getting ready for the moment of like, when you have to pretend to be happy for everyone, when you don't hear your name, like. No, <laughs> no because I like, like I said, I'm like genuine, genuine fans of everybody. And like, I've been going to the CCMA since I was 14. So I've always been like, kind of on the outside looking in. This was like the first year that I was kind of like part of things. So like, I still get pretty like starstruck around certain people or like, 
and, and even on the actual CCMA awards night, like, I just kind of felt like, I mean, everyone's super welcoming, but I felt a little out of place because, you know, every, everyone's just kind of walking by and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, but I was like, okay, I can't be a fan. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm an artist. I have to play it cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience. Love that. I think that's really cool um, that you've got your first CCMA and you're like, that's a huge milestone. That's a huge milestone. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, a huge accomplishment. And she is for interactive artists. So that felt, you know, really special too, because I've put in a lot of work for my social media oh, yeah. and, and connecting with people. And, and then that also wouldn't be, wouldn't happen without all the, you know, fans and everything. And, and that was like one thing over COVID because I was like, oh man, what am I going to do? Like, there's no live shows, there's nothing. And I was like, the only thing I have is social media. So I just like put everything into that. So that was also nice to kind of just be recognized um, for the work that I, I did, you know, just trying to connect with people and, and share my music over the pandemic. Yeah, man. It's insane. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about what we really came here to talk about today. <laughs> Daisy Jones and the Six. Yes. So you have like no clue whatsoever at this point, which is fine. No, I'm a. I'll be. I'll be sitting on my phone for the for the rest of this conversation. Uh, <laughs> but what? Before you went on tour, you had a little question box in your stories, and it was like book recommendations for tour. I think is what it was, and I was like, yeah. "You have to read Daisy Jones and the Six," and you're like, "Oh my god, I already did," and we were like obsessive immediately. Yeah. I tried to convince somebody else to read this book for so long. My brother's girlfriend finally did. I woke up to messages one morning, and it was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "I told you." I told you. It's, it's life changing. It's no, I, literally. Oh my God. It's so good. And I, I got recommended it from my boyfriend's sister. And I was like, she's like, no, trust me. Because I was like, oh, I don't know. It's like, it's written interview style, which is so like. So hard to follow at first. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, just trust me. So I was like, okay. And and I read it and I and I loved it. And I fell in love with the whole world. And so then when I heard it was becoming a series because I read it over the summer so mm-hmm. I was like oh wait that's like it's becoming a series like pretty soon and I, I can't believe now it's already done and I'm very sad I know me too I'm so sad but I thought they did an incredible job and I thought it was so like they captured the characters so well the actors were so talented the music was like so good okay. I just I just now I want to be living in the 70s with Daisy Jones and the six. I mean they had like major drug addictions but that's okay yeah I was gonna say maybe not like, like participating but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not a program for me but like the music like I would I would pay to go see I them know live. that's like, what I'm I... saying let's tour let's go <laughs> I know there's been talks like the cast is kind of like I don't know if you've seen any of the interviews or anything, but yeah, them talking about how some of these people want to, and they're like, we'd be up for it. I'm like, isn't that nuts? Why are you like, let's go. go. Yeah, I would pay. I would pay to go watch I would that. pay too. I, I, I loved the album. I thought they just did a really They did a really good job. job. And then the Mayor Morris yeah. version. I know. I was dying when I saw she was. I'm just sitting here, so not sure what's happening. I couldn't believe it. Well, Pat Logan, you, this is what needs to okay. happen. You need to read the book, and then you need to watch the show, and then we'll okay. come back to and this. Then we'll okay. Yeah, we'll come back because we'll yeah. do a part two and then debrief. My dad, my dad watched the whole show. Did he love it? 
You did. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Cause you know, I, sometimes when I tell my parents shows, they'll be like, Meh. but, and I was, I wasn't sure if my dad was going to like it or not, but he, he loved it. He was actually watching the last of us at the same time. And I, I was watching that oh, show great too. Show. Um, it was, oh my gosh, that was another great piece of TV mm-hmm. this past month. Um, but yeah, he actually liked Daisy Jones on six more than the last of us. Oh, surprised oh. yeah. Now I'm intrigued. So, it's, it's, huh? Now so I'm intrigued. intrigued. Yeah, you should, you should. If you're not going to read the book, if you're not a reader, then at least watch it. Cause it actually didn't ruin the, the book. Eh? Like I didn't get, I wasn't mad no. about any of it. I loved it. And like we said yesterday, great we needed more. Yeah. We needed more. Oh my gosh, what I would pay to give like, but I'm like, you can't get another season. There's away. no, there's no life after it. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was really well This is not a sponsored episode. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we mourning the loss of this, the, mourning the end of this for so long. Oh yeah, I was, I was bawling last night. Like I was like, oh, emotional damage. The end, oh, the end, it gets you. Ugh. Yeah, it was pain. It was more painful to watch the end on the show, in my opinion, than it was reading. I was just so shocked by the end of the book. I was like shocked, like how it ends. I was like, "Who is interviewing these people? What?" Yeah, that I was just so distracted by that. And the show, it just like says it right away. So I was like, "Oh, that's not information." So I had other things to like focus on. Yeah. Anyways, Daisy Jones and the Six. <laughs> Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Great music. Great yeah. vibes. Yes. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. <laughs> Shameless Daisy Jones and the Six probably. <laughs> Literally 10 minutes worth. <laughs> yeah. And with that, we're, we're actually com- coming to the end. Uh, Much like this TV show. Ouch. <laughs> oh, Too soon. I'm going to be extra sad. What do you have coming up soon, Haley, that we can, can all look forward to? Um, well, I'll have some new music, so stay tuned for that. Um, and then, I, you know, I'll be posting more on my social medias and uh, sharing some exciting stuff. So if you want to follow me online at That's Me Haley B or my TikToks, Haley B114, or all other informations on my website, HaleyBenedictMusic.com. Haley Benedict, thank you so much for joining us. And good luck with Top of the Country! Yeah! Oh, thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of On the Porch with Front Porch Music. We're so lucky to be able to chat with artists and make episodes like this one. If you like the podcast, remember to rate and review us, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. It's the easiest way to support the show. Remember to check out frontporchmusic.ca to keep up with new music releases, exclusive artist interviews, and more. We'll catch you again on the porch in a couple of weeks. On the Porch is hosted by Logan Miller and Jenna Weiser, and produced and edited by Jason Saunders. That's me. Our theme song was written, produced, and performed by Owen Rigland.